This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Pro Flowers. Get 20% off bouquets of $29 or more this holiday season. Just go to ProFlowers.com and use the code BADCHRISTIAN at checkout. Today's show is also sponsored by NatureBox. Get 50% off your first order by going to NatureBox.com slash BADCHRISTIAN. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Take it away, boys. Three, two, one. Joey Spencer. His name is Joey Spencer. His name is Matt Carter. His name is Toby Morell, and we are Bad Christian. Party on. Party on. Okay, very good. You did not match what I was doing worth a hill of beans. That was yeah, the worst. Did. It was tone. Cool. No, he didn't. I was like going hardcore. <laughs> Right. And Toby's like, oh, yes, Matt. Blah, blah, blah. That sounds like Little Orphan Annie show or something like that. What Can you just try? Like, can you try to make me look a little bit better? I mean, are it you purposely matter. trying I to make try me the look rest better? I my life and I can't do that. No, <laughs> not gonna I mean, that's impossible, Pastor Svensson. My God. Pastor Svensson. <laughs> hey, you know, you know, one thing that I have noticed is there's a lot of people that when they refer to me as Pastor Joey, those are the people that are really hungry for power. I know oh, that no bad. doubt. Now, no doubt about some, that. I love now, that observation. Now, now wow. some of them are... Some of them are very genuine, and they say it because they think it's the most respectful sure. way of addressing me. And I usually say, "Oh, just Joey is fine." But there are some people I, I just read it all over. I'm like, "Absolutely," and, and 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 I mean it when I say this. And I, I'm going to try to say it very lightheartedly. It disgusts me when people say, <laughs> yes, when people but, say you're talking Pastor about a personality Joey. type there, and it's, it's a suck-up. That's a person yeah. who, who wants to be next to a person with power to advance their own power, because yes. I would love to have yes. as much power. Yes. I, I don't need to be over power over you. All I need to do is right. be near you, and I'll have power over others. But that's the exactly. mentality, and it's, it's in, it's not has nothing to do with pastors. It's just one natural thing is the way people suck up to bullies and all that kind of stuff it's just that it's just that way all the way around but uh it's a it's a it's built into human you know you want to be the second the number two guy to the head lion in the tribe or whatever you'll get the spill yeah. the spill over from his and it's funny by being a total suck up so it is disgusting i think i i know that this just shows how uh, i mean <laughs> we always talk about ai and stuff but i mean there is no chance I could spell words without like a computer or helping me or whatever. Matt, no I know way. you can't. Like I can't when even I was get close enough. I get when I was so sick. mad when I can't get it close enough for spell check to get it right. That exactly. Two all two the instances. Time. The thing that made me real mad, it just lets me know the word is wrong. I it won't it won't check like diarrhea. So hard to can't spell. Can't get it. It's just like of no course you should use the word it. shit. It just of course you should. <laughs> There's no reason to not to have to try and write diarrhea. The word is awful. It sounds awful. It's how shit is Sounds nicer, better, everything about it. It's just way better than that word. The other one is disgusting. I promise you, it was about a full minute where I was spelling it. Disgusting. D-I-S-C-U-S-T. And I couldn't get it. I was like, what in the hell? It's disgusting. It's I'm a disgusting. little surprised yeah. that spell check isn't isn't better, but yeah, I, there's so many I words know. that I can't, I can't get. All right, so so Oxford dictionaries. First, first of all, let me let me tell you the hardest word for me to spell, and I can never spell it. And the spell check does not even pick it up. Surprisingly, is privilege. Cannot oh, spell me that word. Either. I cannot. It's so hard. hard. So Oxford dictionaries on uh, online. Here's here's the top twenty three common words that's the hardest to spell. The first one really doesn't make. Are we going to go through me, all twenty three? 
Uh, I'll say say them real fast. Weird, accommodate, handkerchief, indict, cemetery, conscious, rhythm, playwright, dict, embarrass, millennium. Yeah, I cannot spell millennium. Pharaoh, liaison, liaison, uh, convalesce, supersede, ecstasy, Caribbean, harass, maintenance, pronunciation, Arctic, occurred, recommend, and deductible. Those are the hardest words according to this. Look, website. I know I'm a really bad reader, but I, I didn't realize that you guys are also bad. Maybe maybe I'm not as bad as no, I thought. No, everyone well, is. Spelling's every not even important anymore. Is bad. The majority of the world yeah. is, and everybody acts like, oh, well, you left mm. off this letter. You misspelled this word. Oh, you didn't get the comma right. What about the quotation? <laughs> all that stuff is just so bullshit. It's oh, all and stupid. I, yeah, I have, a, I have a something to say to all those self-proclaimed grammar Nazis out there. Shut up. Nobody likes any kind of Nazis. Go to hell. <laughs> right. Quit. I'll put you in with the hey. rest of the Nazis. Knock it off. Hey, yeah, you N-A-S-I-S's. Hey, yeah. Do you, do you guys think that math is a different category? Because I, I really don't think spelling is important, especially with computers and spell checks and all that. But don't you think basic math, even though calculators exist, is always important because you just need it well, yes, day to day? Yes, but I had a thought the other day. I think I told Reva this or Bridget this, but I am so bad with I, – I probably border on the dyslexic thing. I just get stuff backwards, and I can't get it – I can't do stuff left to right. And uh, so I invert spell numbers dyslexic. a ton, ton, ton. And so I was thinking about it because I am good at math. I'm very good at math in it conceptually but i wonder how poorly i've done how many math questions in my life on tests i've gotten wrong yeah just because of like i wrote the number wrong or read a number wrong like you know what i yeah. mean my math scores would probably be way higher because i'm very good at math in a on a fundamental and conceptual level that's the, my, that's kind of the way my brain works but i bet i've always tested a lot lower due to just the <laughs> interfacing with digits and text that that you know, comes along with the territory. But uh, yeah, so uh, I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but something that has really, really, I can't stop thinking about it and it's frustrating me to no end is that video of that kid that got bullied. Uh, and it's been around. I mean, this is, it's been around for the last week almost. Yeah. But did y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. It's a, a kid. Oh, the, I think it's like a, was it a sports team or just, it's like he just got bullied at school and his mom, they're sitting in a car. Mm-hmm. And she films it about how he was bullied, and yes. I mean it's it's like blown up. Like it's everywhere. A bunch of yeah, sports stars have tweeted him or messaged him or, or given support and all this stuff. And so, to most people, it's a heartwarming story. I mean, I'm not at feeling all here to, to me. Matt. <laughs> Matt doesn't not at all doesn't like that. Okay, Joe, well, you, you know what we're you talking don't about? Like it? I have no idea what y'all. Okay, so it's just about. A, I'm not, I don't want to show the video here. It's just it's just frustrates me too much. It's really upset. I can't stop thinking about it. I'm driving me crazy. Um, <laughs> the the it's a kid who got bullied and he's crying to his mom, talking about being bullied and and that that kind of thing. And everybody is rushing to talk. You know, to get, Dana White says, "Come to the UFC." They started to go fund me. They get all this money and just because this kid has been bullied and he's doing it now. I don't don't know if anybody else has covered it or talked about it this way. I don't I, I just think it is absolutely, absolutely a violation of any reasonable parenting or child raising or child development whatsoever to do this. I think it is just horribly misguided to put this kid on the internet like that. I think it violates his rights as a human and a kid unbelievably. Like clearly, no matter what obviously unethical and wrong to every degree to participate with this thing. 
This is a kid's vulnerable moment where he's crying and telling his mom, and she's filming it and uploads it. I don't know if it leaked. Or it upload. I don't. I don't care about any of that. Yeah. And he, even reacting to it and retweeting it and sharing it, you are messing with this kid's life. You can't do that. He didn't sign <laughs> up for this. All he did was cry to his mom about something that was happening. And now it's. It, it, this is the kind of. It's the same thing I'm talking about where power will mess you up or getting too much money or yeah. this is your life being put into some situation where it's going to be affected and you you can't you, you're it's out of control i mean there's so many ways that this goes wrong it's just so wrong it, it, it makes no sense to me i don't see how anybody could be happy about it okay well one how about this one the kid doesn't feel that way the kid <laughs> thinks this is awesome lebron james tweeted at him or something or you know he gets to go to ufc or so like the kid and his Feeling and okay. the kid, the kid. How does was, a kid feel I, when he gets to have sex with his te- teacher and he thinks it's great when he's fifteen? He thinks that's awesome too, is it? No, it's not. It. He may think it's awesome. It's yeah, messed him I, up. I, I, I'm hearing what you're saying, but I don't. Th- I think the mother, maybe uh, in her defense, I'm taking. I feel like I'm doing the Joyce Fenson thing here. In her defense, I think she. Who knows how often he's gotten bullied, and maybe this was the final straw, and she wanted to see show people, hey, look, this is happening at the school my son goes to, and it has to stop. And then it went viral, not because of her, but because of how uh, much of a, an emotional chord it struck with everybody. Yeah, now, so the kid I, is that's fine. I'm not saying the kid is bad for doing that not. or saying that. It's just not. a betrayal. It's no consent on his part. Kids are totally, vi- their consent is violated from the moment they're born. It, it, it drives me crazy. I mean, and, and there's no way around some of it. You have to wipe a kid's genitals. Sure, they don't get to consent, but I mean, that's on you already. That's already your burden as a person that brings a kid into the world. It's the burdens on you to be respectful of them and not mess up their childhood. Child actors. Oh, it's great. He makes a million dollars and gets on screen, right? Awesome. And is that good? Is that what we, is that, the kid doesn't get to pick that. If they do, it's just not, that's just too much to put on a kid. So this obviously has a thousands of ways it can go sideways. I don't know what they are, but I don't predict it's good for this kid. No matter if he gives a billion dollars and becomes famous, that's bad too. It's well, not one thing sometimes signed up for I, I see what you're saying. I, sometimes it works out well, like uh, Michael Jackson and those right. sorts of uh, children that grew up Good in the or, entertainment I mean, business, I mean, let's but, just go to the local level, though. Even the kid, and I don't know anything about this story other than I, it's already fun. No matter the outcome, I, I think it's wrong. And I wish it was against the rules of Facebook that you could even do, even have this out there. It's, I mean, first of all, who. Let's just say not. I mean, like, why is it wrong though? I it's just, it's just I a violation of that kid's rights as a human. He can't deal with this. He didn't sign up for it. He doesn't know what the possibilities are. If your mom posts some video of you, I mean, it could go a lot of ways. People could make fun of you more. Oh, that's the kid whose mom uploads the video of him crying. Then he gets made fun of yeah. more if people don't give him a bunch of money. I'm also arguing that if you give him a bunch of money and attention, that ain't good for people either. We know it's not good for anybody to get too famous for something they didn't earn. I don't believe you should have money you didn't earn. I don't believe you should have fame you didn't earn that you didn't yeah. sign up for. It's not good for people. No matter what the well, outcome is. Also, how far are we off from figuring out who the people are that bu- these kids that bullied them and going after them? I mean, it's right, not going right. to be that hard to figure out if, if you think it's so bad. And it also goes so hard into everybody's freaking hero mode. Everybody wants to be a hero. I'm going to help this kid. There's every kid's getting bullied everywhere and it's horrible. And now you get to look good for weighing in on the cutest one and giving him extra money. And I, it, it's just it, everything about it is, is, a, is a joke. I mean, it's not well, right. Well, how about this? I've already seen now some people are talking about the mom has said like some racist stuff in the back in her past and that's gonna come so so uh, to your point this could easily cause way more bullying on a world level 
uh, you know, of course I mean, it not, will. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it will. There, there will be more people that that hate him or talk bad about him or whatever. I, I agree. It's just, it's a hard line when you're a parent. For example, I just, I reposted it. You would never it, do that to your kid. Yes, in a million years, do, you wouldn't take a I, tender, vulnerable moment I know, like that. It's not, it's not Matt, like he did something funny and got on Ellen. That's bad enough. That's not as bad. No, but bad. that's what I'm getting ready to say. I, I, I had a thing where June, when she was little, uh, did she was singing this song? I love chocolate Cheerios. I want chocolate Cheerio. And I, and I, her and I did it together, and I posted mm-hmm. it, and it got like on, on just my personal page, like two thousand likes. And yeah, if that, well, that somehow went viral. We'd have gone to we'd have gone to Ellen. That's I don't know that's if, different, I don't know if, but it's not as bad. You might not have had outrage though about no. it. So I mean, <laughs> I don't think this was an intentional. This woman did this to so to go viral or whatever. I think it, you it's out of your mm. control once you video something these days. You shouldn't. That's not a. First of all, you shouldn't get out the camera if your kid is is doing that. I mean, first of all, don't get the camera out when your kid is poor, crying to you. First of all, I, secondly, <laughs> don't that's post a good it. Point. I thought the same thing. That is a great point. I agree. Why are you, if your kid's crying and stuff like that? What is the mentality and why is that happening? That it could be. And you're right. The potential for this to turn really sour is huge. Yeah, it could no get real what. bad for him, the mom. I mean, more people, they might have to, you know, going move, after the people at school, all just, kinds of stuff. And it's completely unsympathetic to normal bullying that happens all the time everywhere. Nobody cares, but you just care about the one where you look good. Everybody's in hero mode and mob mode. And do you really trust the Twitter and the internet and the Facebook mobs to regulate justice here? It's crazy. And and we know that the face the mobs have all the sway in the world. They get people fired, they get people hired, they get people bullied, they get people right. killed. There was a porn star who said she wouldn't do scenes with uh, people who had done gay porn. This story drives me crazy too. Yeah. Um, and she was one of the top porn actresses in the world, twenty four years old, and she got hated on for being anti gay for that really bad because she decided she didn't want to do scenes with people who had already done gay porn something like that and so she got anti-LGBT you know LGBTQ people said she was homophobic and all this stuff she killed herself gee you know and because uh, because they were mad that she was bullying them she they said you're bullying you know LGBTQ people and hate speech and all that and then she killed herself I mean this stuff is these mobs are not this is not good you don't you know, I mean, I, I don't. I'm sure I get, it makes me really think about like I don't even know about posting videos of my kids doing simple stuff or using their name on the yeah. podcast. I mean, it makes me rethink that. This is, I just don't think they should be brought uh, into it. That's a good point. I've been thinking more and more about that. For example, no matter what, some people will say, "Well, once it goes on the internet, it's there forever, and you can never take it back, or whatever." I, part of me thinks that's a good thing, and part of me thinks it's, it's a bad thing. Like I, I think there are some things that it's okay who you were when you were at that time, even if it was wrong and you've changed your opinion. Okay. At the same time, you're right. There's part of me that, that I wonder if culture is there's going to be a big pushback from social media, like an a, a, an avoidance because it's becoming a cult a, 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 a cultural norm to hate, put down, abuse the uh, medium. For sure. So that eventually, I'm wondering, is it only going to get worse? Like, it's either uh, super high, this kid's so amazing. Like, it, it might be both in the future at all times. One, at the beginning is, he's so cool. Uh, we want to support him. He's awesome. And then one next week is, we hate him. This is bad. The That's mothers right. are racist. It's all this. I mean, right. you might end up getting both to where maybe we are headed to where you will stay off that. Maybe social media is a... Is a Headed towards a dinosaur level already. I don't know. If it's, got, it's gotten so big, it can't keep it's going. Dangerous. It's dangerous. Yeah. It's just obviously dangerous and out of control, and there's justice being mitigated with no, I mean, just, or what scene is, I, who knows? I mean, there's so much unintended I'm not exempt from it either. I, I, I can use it and abuse it. 
For sure. It's like that guy, you know that guy a while back, a couple of years ago, who was in Detroit, and he'd walk 20 miles to work every day, and yep. they gave him money and bought him a car. Yep. That bought ended horribly, car. by the way. Same thing. Right. At least he was an adult that could accept it and deal with it, but his life got ruined. People all wanted his thing. His car got uh, stolen and trashed. He had to move from his house. He had nothing left, even after he got the money, because everybody in his community thought he betrayed him, and they all wanted the money that he got because he was in a super poor neighborhood. You can't handle stuff like that. You can't fix people by just giving them stuff and acting like a hero. Right. And turning your back on them, and people are going to just these. You can't handle this stuff. It's not. It's just not good. Anyway, I don't don't do that to your kid. I mean, I mean, maybe it's a sickness of of wanting attention and GoFundMe's and all that stuff. Maybe that's a bad direction to go because how many GoFundMe's are like, oh, if it gets enough publicity or a rock star tweets it about his dog or whatever it is. What are we doing? I mean, right. why, who are the people that get the help? The whoever gets the most visibility, whoever's the cutest, whoever's the saddest. I mean, and then whatever, yeah. I just this this is crazy. It's a weird path. I, I mean, it begs the question: is is fame evil, bad, dangerous, almost dangerous for sure. exclusively? Like what? What are the? A lot of people will argue. Well, if you're famous, you can do more. But what does that actually mean? And is should everything always just be on the local level because we cannot handle it? Like, can we, any? In fact, almost all true. things that are associated with fame seem to be negative. Like, I, I mean, like think of a famous person. They can't. They can't be normal and go to Target. I just saw a video of Beyonce can't go to Target and shop. Now, of course, the money's great and that's awesome. But do you need that much money? Is is having a shitload of money really that good for you? Matt argues all the time that winning the lottery is <laughs> no, bad. It's to- it's ex- I mean, it's, of course it's, it's bad. So, so I but mean, the point, the point, but lottery point and fame wise might be some bad. People can handle power and fame, but not if it is thrust on you and you haven't earned it or deserved it and worked your way up to it. You can't handle a billion dollars tomorrow, but if you I make a hundred thousand and then three hundred thousand and then turn that to nine hundred thousand and then get you know, Joey if, you, if you can grow this money, if you can grow your responsibility and demonstrate it throughout as an adult, okay, we can talk about that. But thrusting these powerful two thousand horsepower Lamborghinis on people that don't know how to drive a go kart is never gonna end well. Joey, well, can you handle all, one billion dollars like. tomorrow? Joey, can you well, first, ha- Joey, can you handle that only d- you're, you're his, getting a billion everybody's answer is yes, and that's going to demonstrate the fact they don't have good judgment in the first Matt, place. Matt, is your answer yes or do yes, you Yes, I would down- take it. Okay. That already demonstrates my lack of ability and lack of restraint. I'm so serious. I'd take $10 billion if you offered it to me. I don't have a choice. I'm not principled enough. I'm not no disciplined choice. enough to handle it. I'll just take it, and then I'll figure the what rest you, out. What if you but it form, won't go well. What if you... F- what if you formed a Matt Carter billion dollar board where you had five people oh, that, that were going to help you? They were going to help you decide yeah. how to spend your yeah. money. And then what if you and got up say, in front of people once a week and whatever day you choose? It's just, and it's like, just, just nonsense. Spoke. <laughs> just don't just, look. Let's just at least agree not to do this shit to kids. Is all I'm saying. Okay, if you win lottery, don't give kids free. money. Just don't do this God. to kids. Kids can't handle money. So I don't know anything My about Lord. the lady being racist and all that stuff, but don't can't, I just I don't know. Just, There's just a I, I, don't, rumor going I, I dislike I don't that lady based on the fact that she would even pick up We're her phone in that moment is the, my judgment against that mom. Yeah, I, I mean, I, that's that's just everybody's tendency, though. I actually recorded Waylon getting a shot, and Priscilla got really pissed at me. <laughs> Why? Because he was yelling and stuff? Because he fell apart <laughs> I wish I had that. June did the same thing. I wasn't there, and I was like, please, Jess, why didn't you film it? She's like, no, I would never do that. But I was like, yeah, what are you talking about? I mean, you got to. like, I would love to well, see yeah, June well, screaming, no, no. And I would love to watch that 10 years from now. 
But yeah, oh, yeah. Sure. that's that's like how okay, how cool how cool would it be if right? How cool would it be if your mom sent you a oh. video of you getting a shot when you were three years old? Right, you would just think that's the coolest yeah, that, thing that's ever. Re- that's I have footage of Waylon getting a shot. It's unbelievable. I, I mean, but the thing is, we are in a day and age where no matter what, you can't. I don't even know if we cannot handle anything that is coming right now i think it's it's on such a level maybe at the limit you're right i I, i'm i'm wondering is that like one of the root causes of a lot of our depression a lot of our anxiety especially anxiety for sure i'll I'll at least say that i know my anxiety some of the things that happen online or that the responsibility i have to say something or not say something or just post something or keep up with my social media how about that how about not me even responding just keeping up with what's happening on yeah. facebook is a responsibility no humans ever had until the 2000s yeah. and it's like this weird anxiety and it's i mean it seems as if it, we right. are built for a small uh, localized Duh. group. Now, also, what's interesting about that, I can remember talking uh, to somebody, I think it was a grandparent of mine or an older person in my life, can't remember who it is, but uh, they were talking about it's so, how church had changed because they used to get all the gossip and news on Sunday, and 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 Sunday was the day where they would go and they'd find out everybody about everybody in town, and they would learn stuff, and they do, and that was the day, and that was the big thing. You might see somebody occasionally during the week or if you had them over for dinner or something, but like the get together, the social news was one day a week. You know what I mean? And then, Mm -hmm. and then you got your paper if you got it or whatever. So there was limited access to information. Now there's unlimited access to information and it's almost impossible for me to shut it off. I have to tell myself every morning, (laughs) do not look at your phone. And I'm happier when I don't hear things. For example, today, I've been doing booking and stuff for our podcast. I've been telling myself, don't look at your phone. I I did really good for like three or four days. This morning, I was like, I'll I'll just look at my phone and immediately got an email, a canceled guest, this. And I was immediately thrust into the world of work and anxiety and pressure when I was like, wait a minute, I haven't even had a cup of coffee yet. Why did Mm -hmm. I do that? It would be there. There's no chance of turning it off, though. Like, I mean... The the scariest thing to me is there. I don't know if you can go back. I don't know. Like yeah, I, I don't agree. know. I don't know if there's ever going back from smartphones. I mean, it's only going to get more. You're I only agree, be but we have to develop. develop more you more. can't. We have to work really hard to develop our ethics and our etiquette and keep up as best we can. Uh, no matter when the medium changes, we have to really yeah, take the ethics very seriously. But should you, you be th- go, that way? Should you be introducing that kid then immediately? Like, should all of our kids know what in- internet bullying is? Okay. Oh well, I got bullied when I was okay. two. But th- so I'll I give you an now. example of why this is so messed up for that kid. He was going through something that is absolutely normal. Even though it's bad to get bullied, to be made fun of, to all those things, they are normal. And he was processing that. He was dealing with it. He was sad. Right. He was frustrated. He was thinking about the future of that. He was supposed to go back to school the next day yeah. and deal with it normally. Right. Not now that's not even possible. He might have been able to push through, be a resilient kid that had some adversity, to use it to his advantage, became a bigger person, had a mom that helped him out and went yeah. through the hard work of learning how to deal with that, which many people go on and have been bullied and then become on to be successful and confident and secure. And he's been deprived of a normal opportunity to even try to get through it normally. Not yeah. possible now. Now he's that kid forever. Everybody at school knows who he is. He'll never not be that. He has no opportunity to go back to normal and try to learn how to get through the adversity the way that you're supposed to. That's He's been robbed of that. That's a tragedy. 
Well, yeah. here's what I would say. Um, sometimes in life, you're right. You just got to take a risk, and that's normal, and you got to do that. Just like our guest coming up, Chad Johnson, who wrote 1,000 Risks. So uh, we've been talking our asses off. Can we can we bring old Chad on? Sure. Chad sure, Johnson. You guys know who Chad, tell them who Chad is if people aren't familiar with Chad. Uh, Even he though he's been had, on this podcast and everything else a lot, but just he's been around. He's a bit, yeah, he's a bit big name at Tooth and Nail. Signed a lot of bands. Has done a ton of stuff and uh, went on to start Come and Live Records. Um, and now he's even authored his first book. It's called A Thousand Risks. We've known him. Uh, check out the Labeled Podcast. You can see his episode and find out a lot more about his personal life too. I'm sure he's, he'll talk to us about it too. But we wanted to see what all these thousand risks he's taken. All right, folks, the holidays mean one thing. Go, go, go. You've got presents to wrap, travel to plan, relatives to brace for. With all of that, it can be hard to find time to eat healthy. I know for a fact because when I don't have my Nature Box snacks, I end up stopping somewhere, getting something that's not that good. And that's why Nature Box is so awesome. Let Nature Box help with snacks that are both delicious and better for you. If you're trying to eat better, the holidays are a minefield. Chocolates, cookies, candy canes. And there's all these places that you can just stop by, grab a quick snack at the gas station, whatever. And trust me, you 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 want stuff around the tree, not stuff around your stomach. So <laughs> the holidays are not always holidays, folks. So just let's try Nature Box here. Nature Box has over a hundred delicious snacks. All snacks are made with high quality, simple ingredients. This means no artificial colors, flavors, or sweeteners. It's easy. Just go to naturebox.com, choose your snack, and Nature Box will deliver them right to your doors. I mean, I love them for sure. They have all kinds of great snacks, but I like, uh, Asiago cheddar cheese crisps, um, their crunchy barbecue twists are really good. All their nut selections are really good. Um, their beef jerkies are really good. I'm telling you, everything they have just tastes amazing. And right now, Nature Box is offering bad Christian fans 50% off your first order when you go to naturebox.com slash badchristian. Seriously, it's easy. Just go to naturebox.com, choose your snacks, and NatureBox will deliver them right to your door. New snacks are nat- are added every month, inspired by new food trends, professional chefs, and customer feedback. I'm telling you, just like I said, I love my NatureBox snacks. That's naturebox.com slash badchristian for 50% off your first order. Naturebox.com slash badchristian. Like you would trade you, you would trade in a minute to be back in Seattle, like living just not job or anything. If you you could live anywhere in America, that's where you would choose. Yeah, you like Seattle better than Nashville. Where else have you been? Birmingham, yeah, yeah dude. Abs- or where were you in Alabama? Yeah, Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we loved Seattle as a family. It was a. It was always. Uh, I don't know. There's just something mystical about it. It's maybe it, maybe it you know helped having been in Birmingham first. You know, you have the the sort of southern you know southern thing versus the incredible epicness that's the Northwest. You know. It's just everything about it was was surreal. Yeah, it's, think, it's hard to criticize. For me, the, the when we moved from South Carolina to Seattle, the thing that got me about it was it really. I just felt like, like you said, mystical or something. It was because of the Goonies, the movie, The Goonies, like that, <laughs> like being in like the whole. I know that was Portland and Oregon and area and stuff like that, but the green, the wet, all that stuff. It did feel like something. Uh, 
that I hadn't ever really experienced before. The you yeah. know the the landscape was different. You could get to the ocean. There's the mountains right there, and and, and South Carolina in some ways is like that, but it looks different. You know, it doesn't look like the the pine or the red clay yeah. of South Carolina and stuff like that. So the same thing for me. I always thought, ooh, Seattle's mystical and different, and right. you know, there's there's people here and, and my, everybody there's people like Matt. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. And my family told me 100% that they're all dangerous liberals that want to destroy God. <laughs> Every single person there. So I was scared right. to death of everybody and thought it was beautiful and gorgeous and mystical and neat. Right. And I was like, oh, they're wooing me. I'm going to lose yeah. my religion here. In this yeah, place. yeah. They're taking. Hey, are, by the way, are we live already? We're or is, are something we like that. Out? Don't worry about it. We'll just keep on talking right, about whatever right. you want. Well, you know, okay. we do all interviews right, all the time and it's more formal or whatever. But when you're talking yeah, to somebody yeah, to you know, kinda... it's really nice to not over prepare or plan what you're yep. going to talk about. Yep. And we don't have any plan at all. Good. And that's not because we cool. don't take you seriously. It's because it's whatever no, no, we talk about is going to be nice and fun. So, yeah, you know, awesome. <clears throat> Except cool. for it's not going to be fun because I'm about to ask you or tell you I'm so sorry about your dad if you want to s- start oh, the Oh man, well. Tell me, can you yeah, give and, us an update there? And just, are you re- recording on your end though, by the way? I am on my end. Okay. Yeah, I'm on I, yeah. I got my little garage band. Let me just verify Perfect. now that you now that you asked me, you know. Sorry, the, man. I didn't that's mean right. to interrupt. No, no problem. No, it's good. I think it's Yep, I'm recording. Okay, cool. Cool. Um yeah, no, I mean, it's, uh, thank you, Matt. It is, it's, you know, it's one of those weird things where talking about the surreal and mystical of Seattle, uh, that's that's kind of how it feels losing a dad, you know, on mm-hmm. Friday night. Our, my dad's been struggling for, for the last 11 years with a congestive heart condition. And so it doesn't come as a surprise, you know, it wasn't a huge shock that, that my dad, um, finally did die. But still, when the news came Friday night, it's still, you know, it's like it, you still wrestle with, man, this is something about this feels both surreal and yet mystical, you know, for, for, um, for me, I was able to sort of say some things I really wanted to, to my dad before he died and hear some things from him before he died. So there was a, there was a real sense of closure. And, and if anything, I've been wrestling with the fact that I'm I'm not responding like the stereotypical movie scene where your father dies and you break down weeping and and you know bawling and just you know kind of like you struggle to move on. If anything, my emotion has probably been um, much more stale and uh, and just kind of I don't know. It's my Beth even asked me. She said, "Man, I think maybe you need a counselor." You know, like you're just so flat that uh, that part of me's wondered like, is it? Is it that I'm ignoring some much deeper core issue or yeah. is it like this grace bubble that God's put over me? I'm not sure. That's probably me just trying to justify my own my own issues. But um, but no, it's it, man, it's hard. It's especially, of course, you know, it's, of course, and especially challenging for for mom and for uh, my 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 uh, brother and sisters. But but I feel a ton of peace, you know, my, my dad loved Jesus and, and helped me love Jesus. And so there's a real spiritual bond and connection there that this is, this isn't the end of the story. This is just an, an awkward middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. You, you speak about that, the, the weirdness of it, but it's, it's, it, it's really crazy the way when somebody's born or dies, the, you know, I think people describe it as surreal, like the, that week, yeah. that day, that so hours are just you know, I I struggle to realize to figure which is more right. Like it's the rat race of a normal Wednesday. Is that normal, or is the normal thing when you look at your family that is still here and see that 
Which one? Yeah. I don't know which one of those is is more normal, you know? Like well, maybe that's always been... there and we're just ignoring like the real reality of love and relationships sure. and tenderness that I can see and feel when and when it's a new birth or death, the, the profoundness of life. Or that's just some temporary condition and this normal Tuesday rat race is normal. I don't know. Yeah. No, there's a, there's definitely been a weird, if anything, the weirdest part for me has been throughout the day, I, I will sort of sense the reality of this, you know, the weighty mm-hmm. um, truth that I will never see my father this side of glory ever. And so that every once in a while, that thought will hit me. And it's like, you know, I do sense some sadness or just like, oh man, that's, wow, like that's really heavy. Uh, and then, and then you, like you said, you just carry on with the rat race and it's like, oh, now I got to go mail Christmas cards or now I got to go get this or mm-hmm, do this yeah. or go to this meeting. And so it is a, it's a really strange thing. Have either of you guys had, had parents that have, uh, that have died? Yeah. My, my mom died in February. So. Oh, that's right. Well, so, sorry. Yeah. So, we've been talking about death. I lost my, yeah. my dog died last week too, which was a big deal and stuff Man, like that. So it is a big deal. I, I went through almost all my life with zero grief experience until last, wow. you know, like four years. And it's just, it's weird. I, I mean, you know, I think you're right about movies and stuff paint you a certain way. And it's like, are you suppressing it? Are you dealing with it? Are you supposed to, like, you think you're going to react one way and you react another. And, you know, it's 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 a confusing thing. Or it's a mm-hmm. lot of it's new to me, but I, I you know, it's, it's a reality that, you know, at our stage in life, you're going to continue, continue to lose people. Like, that's just yeah. the way it's going to go. You're going to lose. Either you're going to lose, I mean, I'll stay there if you want to. You're going to lose your spouse or they're going to lose you. You're going to lose your parents. You've lost your grandparents. You're going to lose all your pets. And that's the best case scenario. The worst right. case scenario, the order gets even more screwed up and you lose friends and kids. and yeah. You know what I mean? But that at least right, the first right. half of what I said is a guarantee. And it's, yeah. it's weird. Yeah. Well, you're right. And we are conditioned in this day and age to, you know, with movies and with, and how connected we are that it does feel like that, like even for your wife, it seems like maybe to her, you should be having this explosion of emotion and sadness and fear and upset and being unreconcilable or whatever like that. Right. And so to be calm almost feels like against the norm, but that maybe that could be normal. Like I've, I've always thought about this too. Like, it's a part of our culture because think about like, say the, I don't know, you could go all the way back to the 1400s, but just even think like 1700s or whatever. People lost their kids a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah, they, that was they very lost, normal. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It was normal and it was sad, but it almost seemed like a harder time or whatever. But it was, it was a thing that you were conditioned then to go, well, the chances of you having kids and all of them living is really slim. And right. so it became a part of normal life and you had more kids. So you, you could make sure the numbers were, you know, help you with the farm, <laughs> whatever it might be. Right. I know I'm generalizing here, but we are, we do live in a day and age now where everybody's so connected that you see somebody die every day. Mm. You know what I mean? And you, how do you feel about that? What does that mean? What does that mean about you and all that stuff? It's just, yeah. it's really tough. So, I mean, I think that you might, like your your emotions and the way you're feeling and handling this is probably actually 100% normal, but you know, who knows? You know, right. maybe <laughs> it, it, you still do have to ask the question, what do I feel? You yeah. know, are, are you at all concerned like you're going to be walking around tomorrow and all of a sudden it's just going to hit you like a ton of bricks or anything like that? Or, uh, not necessarily. I mean, I, I would. I would, I mean, part of me kind of wants that to happen if I'm mm-hmm. honest, you know, like, cause I feel yeah. like that's, yeah. that's probably what's expected of me that Chad just, right. you know, on this podcast, I break down and it's the craziest thing. And everyone's like, wow, I can't believe just how deep and emotional and, and, you know, sorrowful this guy can, can be. But, but at the same time, I don't want to, 
I only want that to happen if that's what's meant to happen, you know, and I don't, I can't, I certainly can't force emotions on myself or anyone else. Uh, But at the same time, I don't want to be restraining them either. Or I, I, you know, I don't want to be doing anything that's keeping those emotions from, from happening or those feelings from going deeper. So Matt, for you, like what, did you find yourself more stereo leaning like stereotypical movie kind of experience like did you find yourself breaking down often and just dealing with a lot of uh mourning and grief and sadness or what what was your experience like well you know the difference here and th- i mean this is an interesting topic i didn't even know we were going to do this but we've been talking yeah, about I didn't death either, a lot but lately but i'm interested yeah. enough to keep going so um the interesting thing that is very much in contrast with your situation is that it was a 100% out of the blue surprise. Okay. So, right. And it, but it also was heart. And my mom died of a heart attack, but it was a 100% surprise. Never in a million yep. years would it, I've expected it. So, how, how old was, was she? 65. Wow. And so there was nothing to it whatsoever, uh, but just to like, try to respond and manage and like the, the fact of what does it mean to my dad, what my sister said, like yeah. those things were all critical and so Mm. when it happened i was i didn't feel any amount of like this happened to me it was like happening to out there i'm pretty cool when things get you know out of control or chaotic or whatever so i was very much calm and collective and cool for that week about like we need to do this you got to do this who's this person i got to get there who you know all the activity of it and the management of Mm. it and the sympathy for my dad was by far the dominant situation so i didn't i was able to like i mean i was more concerned with that than i was laying around myself you know so we come and go in and out and stuff like that and there's the real sense absolutely real sense which i feel somewhat guilty about that it was so sudden and so final that there was such there's such a good thing about that as in there was no suffering or agony and technically honestly she's not something i have to worry about in the future which makes right. me feel really guilty to admit, but it's true. Like, yeah. there's yeah. not some long-suffering illness in her future. It's it's done, uh, and there's right. something final about that too. And it's those are weird things to weigh and think about. But that sure. that's kind of my experience is that that's different than yours. So, yeah, you know. no, that's good. Thank you for sharing that. All right, sorry guys. Before we go any further with this, I want to take a second and tell you about Pro Flowers. Now, Pro Flowers is good for me. And I mean really good because I got this particular problem, especially around the holidays, and that is I live very far away from tons of people that I love and care about. People I'm not going to see at the holidays, people in different places, family, friends, stuff like that. And Pro Flowers helps me to, you know, take care of them, make an impression. And sending flowers for me is a great way that I can express my feelings and holiday wishes that's better than a gift or a card. It's a living flowers sent right to them. And of course, you get to you know customize a note for them there. It's a physical life thing to you know, to really make an impression on somebody in the holidays. And what's really cool about it is you can, you know, you decide the day you want the flowers to come. So just in the middle of the holiday season is a great time to reach out to somebody. A bouquet or festive plant from Pro Flowers is perfect because it's not the same old traditional gift. It says so much more. Their best-selling candy cane roses are a great option for a holiday gift. Uh, it could be a December birthday or an anniversary or just because. You can always go with their classic mini Christmas tree that comes with lights and ornaments. Very good. So no matter what you choose, here's the best part. Our listeners get 20% off any Pro Flowers bouquet of $29 or more. So 
Pro Flowers bouquets and plants are guaranteed to stay fresh. I got one the other day, uh, last week, and they still look great. They're sitting on my kitchen table, and you control the delivery date. There's more bloom for your buck, big, beautiful flowers, more stems for your money, and long-lasting freshness. So to get 20% off all bouquets of $29 or more this holiday season, go to proflowers.com and use our code BADCHRISTIAN at checkout. That's proflowers.com, code BADCHRISTIAN. All right. All right, so we got you on here. We've had you. We worked with you a lot. Now it's funny because we we worked with you. we didn't. You were never our A and R guy at Tooth and Nail, but uh, no. of course we knew who you were and we hung out and all that stuff. Right, but now, right. so hadn't come in contact a lot. And then now the last uh, year we have a lot because we worked on the labeled podcast with you and did an interview, which I thought I love that episode by the way. Oh man, um, me too. And so you, you you've done a ton of stuff now. And now, so I was telling people before, so you. Worked at Tooth and Nail. You've been a record label dude for a long time. Then you started your own label again with uh, Come and Live. And uh, now you do some missionary stuff. And we had you and uh, Steiger on. That's probably been six months ago or something like that. Yeah, that uh, sounds, and now that you've written right. a book yeah. called A Thousand Risks. Yeah. Yeah, and, 1,000 uh, Risks. And first question I have, what made you want to write a book? And it had to be just unbelievable. Was it the hardest thing you've ever done? Out, yeah. Out of all but- of this crazy stuff you've done. Is this the hardest? Yeah, but my thought was if Aaron Lunsford can write a book, then I can write a book. You know, he, he, was, he was my inspiration. No, seriously, though, he was. Um, I read his book and, and I, was, I was like, you know what? What I love about Aaron is the fact that, that this is the Aaron that I remember sitting down with at the label or talking to at shows or Warp Tour or whatever in, in every page sounds like maybe a slightly dirtier Aaron, uh, you know, language wise and what I remember, but this is the same guy. And so that was really encouraging. And I I don't know, man, I guess I, I guess about three years ago, I felt like Jesus just gave me this intuitive thought that I was meant to write some of my stories down and, and some of the story down. And so that, that began this process of, well, I guess I'll try, you know, that's interesting. So, you know, when you go through to like write about your own self, do you feel, uh, do you know what I mean? Like, do you feel yeah, a little yeah, I bit? Felt, I felt mostly excited because it's actually really easy to write about myself. You know, at the end of the day, I, I am an egotistical douche. That, uh, <laughs> That's what I was getting that, at. Uh, yeah, yeah. Apart from Jesus would, would be so arrogant and so <laughs> boastful and prideful that it's just like, oh man, Chad is is just, you know, like uh, overflowing with self. Um, who wants more self? But, but man, thankfully, I hired an editor and I invited my wife to go through the book. And between editor and wife, they pulled out every stupid idea, statement, thought, whatever. And they also, uh, the, the editor was several, the editor and several other people said, you know, we, don't, we really don't believe you're supposed to write a memoir, um, basically a book about yourself. You're supposed to write a book that really challenges and empowers others to, to recognize the grace of God at work in their lives. And so it, it actually, man, I feel like I was really set free from writing about me. And I, uh, once I was able to realize that the purpose of writing is me serving someone else. So how can I best serve my reader was the mindset that I eventually took on and it, and it liberated me from all of the stupidity that I would have brought to the table otherwise. Well, let's get some examples of that. What is something yeah. that you, w- <laughs> that you would uh, do with that mindset that you, what was a mistake you had made something that came out and something that went in as a result? Well, of that? for example, the title 1000 risks in the original draft, 
I did not explain the title or the thesis of the book until about chapter seven. So <laughs> you had to read six chapters before you had any real idea what in the world I was talking to you about. And the first six chapters were Chad did this, Chad grew up here, Chad worked with this band, Chad lived here, Chad, Chad, Chad. And so when I sat down with the editor, she said, you know, I feel like all that stuff needs to go and uh, you need to start with what what it is that you're trying to accomplish. And so for me, that was, how, man, how do I help other, whether they're, whether it's someone who already follows Jesus and wants to follow him much more, or whether it's someone who is struggling to follow Jesus at all, or wherever someone finds themselves, how can I write to them and serve their story? And so I think that, um, that yeah, six chapters were originally about me and, and now they're gone. And so it just starts out, you know, here's, here's where this thing is going. What is the thesis? Can you sum the thesis up in a sentence yeah, or two? Yeah. Yeah. To sum it up, the question I was trying to answer was whether or not God can use regular, seemingly average, ordinary folk like you and me to change the world. And and how much does fear get in the way of any kind of change, potential mm-hmm. change happening? So the, the the basic thesis is that Christianity was always meant to be lived from a perspective of risk where we where we are consistently even you know as Christians it's a one time like hey guys all right I'm going to believe in Jesus and that's a big risk but then the next day you wake up and and you've got to choose at that point to still say I'm going to believe in Jesus or I'm going to live you know I'm going to move to Seattle or I'm going to write a book or I'm going to marry this person or whatever the risk might be um so I think it it really came down to what what I found missing in my own Christian journey was an absence of risk. And so the question just for me was, how can I, how can I reintroduce risk? And, and would that change anything about my own journey and experience with God? Mm-hmm. Now, so, so with, uh, sorry, I was going to ask with, with the risk, like, so you, everything we're supposed to take risks or whatever, like, are you, so you're talking about even small to big, what are like, yeah. you, you, these are stories about you. What, what's like a small risk you you've taken and like, what was one of the bigger ones you've taken? Well, well the bigger yeah, risk I've had to answer for you, Chad, the big risk yeah, obviously go. is heavy investment in Bitcoin is what he said. Obviously yeah, you've done that. It's basically a Bitcoin book. <laughs> yeah. 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 I- <laughs> go ahead. That is so good. That's exactly what I was thinking. That's financial. Weird. We're, we're totally on the same yeah. level. Um, yeah, man. But well, the Bitcoin thing aside, I've uh, I've really been into collecting action figures. That's been my next big risk. You know, how can I outdo one another in collecting toys? Um, no, I I think that the one of you know one of the here's an example of a tiny risk. Yesterday, my aunt reaches out to me and she says, Hey, how, how are you doing? My, my dad's uh, sister. So how are you doing with, with dad passing all this? You know, I love you, care for you. So I texted her back and, and right as I got her text, I sensed this really pronounced pain in my right ear. And I was like, that's weird. And as soon as I opened the text, it was gone. And I, I thought, well, maybe I just had some random ear thing. I don't know what it could be, but I texted her and I said, hey, this is really random, but do you have anything going on with your right ear that's a pain or a discomfort? And she said, that's the weirdest thing ever. For three days, I have had pain and discomfort in my right ear, specifically, not my left, and I have no clue what it is. And so I said, well, Jesus, I don't believe Jesus just showed me that uh, as a little tiny risk for me to take. 
and not also heal you. So we prayed together, her ears totally fine. So that's an example of a tiny risk where it was a thought, it was a feeling. I stepped out. But it's kind of embarrassing to step, like a lot of people would have just not said anything if that came to mind. Which is oftentimes what I do as well. And, Mm -hmm. And I know that route very clearly because, and I've made so many part of the book is basically here are these incredible examples of Jesus performing miracles of healing, of salvation, mm-hmm. of deliverance. And then here are all these examples of Chad being an idiot. So it, all kinds of silly things that I, I stepped out taking a risk, thinking I was getting somewhere only to realize, man, that that was really, really? awkward. Well, I've seen, uh, yeah. I mean, I know you have so many of those stories. I've been around you and seen you get a, you know, a word and say, I've seen you do it to yeah. a waitress before, Olive Garden or something, stuff like that, where you just yeah. get a word and you... <laughs> say hang on a second and then stuff like that yeah. so you must have those impulses a lot yeah. um and sometimes you get them and they're you think they're wrong or the person you know what's the other well, side of that? hopefully hopefully the person i'm sharing it with is wrong that way i feel better about myself you know as long yeah. as i'm always right then we're good <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding that's horrible but sometimes um, you step out and say something and it's just an embarrassing flop <laughs> no absolutely i i think that no i think apps uh, just this morning I was at coffee with a friend and we were talking about this stuff and, and he said, man, the table next to us, I feel like there's something going on with them. And I said, all right, well, man, let's just go, let's go over there and see. And so I went over and I said, Hey, I know this is weird. Do any of you guys have anything going on in your, like in your esophagus or your, like, your, like uh, chest area? What, like, could breathing? you feel that? Like you could no, feel no, like, just, where do you, why'd you say the esophagus? I mean, where would you get uh, that? It was a thought. No, that was, that one was more of a thought in, in my head. And so I, it was, I just saw like maybe like, um, like some kind of respiratory problem or, or, um, what would you call it? Like breathing issues, uh, allergies, something like that. And so I, I share, I spill all this out and, and about six people are looking at me like I am the weirdest <laughs> freak on the planet. And I'm, I can like hear this happening and I can like out of body experience, watch myself. And I'm like, man, you are such a freak. <laughs> but, uh, but I shared all that and they said, nah, nah, went around the, t- the whole group was like, nah, we're fine. I said, man, you guys have pain. You guys have pain anywhere else? They said, no. I said, man, well, are you guys all college kids? They said, no, we're all, we all finished college. And I said, man, well, are, are you guys Strike all three. literally ever? I had like five questions that I thought Hang were nail, headache, come on, stub toe, what you got? Right. Nothing. They were like perfect humans <laughs> with no imperfections anywhere. So that's a great example of a, of a time where I just, I got up and I said, man, thank you guys for letting me try, you know, cause I really, <laughs> I really appreciate your, your kindness and your grace and smiling at me. Um, but, but, you know, I think that the, the, so a lot of, a lot of the risks I write about involve me stepping out towards someone. Like when I was on a plane, I can't remember heading where, and the lady sitting next to me was a universalist lady from Seattle, which is perfect, right? Everybody in Seattle is universalist. So, so yeah. we're so <laughs> the uh, the same stereotype, you know, Toby, that you assumed would you'd find is right. uh, is so easy sometimes to uh, to put in place. But but I just I said, hey, you know, can I may I pray for you? And she said, well, I don't know how how that goes. And I said, oh, it's okay, it's really simple. You just just give me your hands and we'll hold hands and I'll just pray like this little blessing over you. And so 
we hold hands on the airplane and we're up, you know, 30,000 feet up. Wait, you're that guy? She got seated next to the guy who wants to hold her hand and pray the whole flight? Yeah, dude, <laughs> I, I, am, I am routinely that guy. Yeah. So I, I am I am definitely the awkward person on the plane you do not want mm-hmm. to be seated next to. Uh, <laughs> unless you're having a really bad day and right. uh, you, you need to laugh at somebody. But yeah. um, but we held hands and she starts praying this this like positive kind blessing like universe i thank you for bestowing rainbows and double rainbows upon chad and mm-hmm. and as, and immediately i realized that she had misunderstood what i had said and had thought i said can you pray for, pray for me, me. <laughs> so you know so That's there's all one. kinds of crazy goofy stories of uh but but man i i i witnessed more miracles in the two years where i took the thousand risks than ever before in my life and so there, there's a great balance, you know, to the whole thing. And do you uh, do you think like going up to the table and being wrong about everything? Do you think that's just as much God? Like, does that does that thought like the thought that pops in my head is, if God was is doing that and yeah. using you kind of like that that wishbone or prophetic or whatever it might be, yeah. then He would sometimes make it be a miss, or else you would take credit for it or something like that. Do you, do you feel that way? Like, are you glad when stuff like that happens because it actually keeps it at risk level than at comfort level? Well, no, it's a great question. I mean, deep down, no, I'm not I'm not glad when those times happen because I want to be right and I want mm-hmm. and I want people to have powerful encounters with God. But I do think that God has such a, a, a great sense of humor that he probably knew today was the bad Christian podcast recording. And he knew that if I didn't have, you know, like some little <laughs> stroke of humility, this thing could really go awry. So uh, no, I think that I think that uh I think that that there that oftentimes God's just wondering, you know, Chad, are you willing to take that step even if you look like a complete idiot? And 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 for me to walk away just saying, you know what, I didn't, it wasn't about whether or not I was right. It was about whether or not I attempted to love somebody. And so my my yeah. idea going into this was how do I love people the way that Jesus says we can love people? And uh, and what does that look like? And how how does someone that um doesn't naturally do it very well learn? Mm-hmm. Do you get pushback from stuff like this? Like, for example, somebody could easily say, oh, you sound like a psychic. And you would say, uh, you know, I don't know what you believe about psychics or whatever, but I always mm-hmm. think they're a little good. What, what's the pushback you get ever from stuff like Like, when you say something wrong, do you ever sit beside somebody on a plane and they're like really uh, disrespectful or don't appreciate what the way the risks you're taking? Um, I think that generally speaking, the answer is no, not because I'm always right, but because uh, I think that God's taught me the hard way how to put myself low and how to serve someone so that I'm approaching them not from God has a message for you. I am the person delivering it to you. Now listen up. It, it I've, I'm, I've tried to build rapport. I've tried to hear their story. And, and if, it, you know, a lot of times it's someone's willing to talk or they're not willing to talk. So if they're willing, then it's just, you know, natural conversation in the flow. And I, I begin the whole time I am asking the Holy Spirit, is there anything you want to be saying to this person? And sometimes I get very, very pointed thoughts and I begin sharing them. Hey, can I, I usually say, may I share this thought that I believe God gave me for you. And, yeah. um, and if they say no, then, then that's it. Hey, I totally respect that. And I, I'm not going to try to, I'm not forcing myself on you. Um, but I also will, um, 
you know, I'll, I'll also try to be very clear when I do screw up and just acknowledge that and, and apologize. Man, I'm so sorry. I was in um, Costa Rica a couple of weeks ago and uh, there was a girl at this meeting whose brother had a brain tumor. And I told her publicly at the meeting that I believe Jesus was going to supernaturally heal her brother's brain tumor without surgery. So I said, but I need you to, to tell me whether or not that happens, because if it doesn't happen, then I need to repent to God and I need to repent to you and to the people hey. I was with. So that did not happen, which means I'm held to, a, to it, I believe I'm held to a level of accountability for that, that statement that is not just me walking away like, well, too bad it didn't happen. It's all right for me to be wrong every, every now and again. Um, instead, it's to... to put mm-hmm. myself lower and just, man, I'm so sorry. Because that, I, that I, I mean, that could be seen as, you know, har- harmful, causing harm. Absolutely. Like false hope Absolutely. for people and stuff like that. So that, that makes sense. And and too too often people get, well, I mean, the fact that you spent this whole part of the interview thus far talking about you, you being a screw up at stuff and being wrong. And that, that part is, is, is very refreshing because the opposite of that would be if you're one of those guys that you only see the positive and people want to believe the positive and you do that and you disregard the negative, you're, then you wind up one of those guys on stage that th- slings your coat and people fly backwards. I mean, that's where <laughs> <Right>. that goes <laughs> if it goes unchecked, obviously, when well, both right, parties right. want it to be what one thing, kind of yeah. thing like that. So the accountability part is, <laughs> is something you don't often see in that. But what yeah. do you consider to be or anything that you would say is, what's the, some of the clearer things to you that are obviously miracles? And I'm not asking for scientific or empirical evidence, but from your view, what seems like clear evidence of miraculous things that you have seen? Well, when, uh, you know, when someone is either born blind or has developed degenerative blindness or glaucoma or any, um, uh, any number of vision problems that, that can be verified by family members, and friends, and, and then can especially can be verified right right there, you know where you are. That's pretty man. I've seen I've seen I've seen eyes blind eyes opened. I've seen deaf ears open. I've seen uh, a guy in the Bronx get up out of a wheelchair after having his legs crushed by by a delivery truck. I've seen um, uh, de- like deathly. Um, uh, what would be deathly responses to different allergies, totally cured, and then and then people um, consuming whatever would have would have caused them to go into um, what's anaphylactic shock, uh, cancers, tumors. Oh man, I I see. I, I came up with a list in the book because it's because there's so many things that I've seen God do, and that doesn't mean that I always see God do that. That just that, but I, I so I think I feel like there's a there's like what you're saying, Matt. There's such a unfortunate side to this, even, even as we're talking about it, that is the skeptical, cynical side, which says, well, man, like, like if that stuff really is happening, why in the world do we not see more of it? And, um, and, and I think part of it is because we oftentimes are, um, are either operating too much out of pride and not enough out of humility. Um, and, and oftentimes we're not recording what's happening. You know, it happens in a moment and, and mm-hmm. you aren't like, oh, there's cameras. Here, here we go. But um, now, I, you know, to me, to this day, the most exciting, thrilling um, miracle story is anytime somebody says, I, I want to surrender my life to Jesus, you know, like that makes that makes in my mind, that is the craziest thing anyone could ever do because it involves 
such a shift of where the heart and head is into uh, I'm going to place trust in, in Jesus as Savior. That just that blows me away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that that makes sense. So there's a lot of stuff for me. Like I'm not an anti-miracle guy, but I'm a very skeptical guy. So I, you sure. know, I, there's no reason to try to disqualify somebody's direct experience, especially anecdotally. Um, I am confused why we couldn't. Seems like there'd be something possibly measurable or empirical if you really look for oh, yeah. it, but I, no, I, I there, don't know. No, there, um, and there, there is, there's a lot of that stuff out there. It's pretty crazy. There, the, the more I've gotten into exploring Jesus's heart for healing, the more I've discovered that there are both really, really crazy stories and, and very wild um, reactions that people have had that, that are measurable. So there's a guy um, that, that didn't, he wrote a book called Divine Healing Made Simple, and he just goes by praying medic. And he's a, a paramedic out of Arizona that just prays, offers to pray for people he transports. And, uh, and then it just, it's cool because oftentimes what we're not hearing is a medical side of this, you know, from a doctor's perspective or a nurse's perspective or a profession, medical professional uh, professional's perspective, w- what's going on. So, um, I married a nurse, but I, but I have zero, uh, understanding of, of the body from a medical point of view. Uh, I just am in awe that God uses someone like me to sometimes deliver sweet gifts to people that need them. Mm-hmm. How does your, uh, speaking of like your wife and your family and stuff, how do they respond to stuff? Do they, are they like, man, can't we just have dinner? Do you have to talk to the Olive Garden, you know, server right now? And like, does it, does it ever cause any, anything like that? Like, you, like, are you always on? No, I don't think I am always. On. I think, I, I think I would like to always be on, but I think that there are times where I just, uh, I've like anybody else, I've had a bad day. Or my dad's died, or you know right. something's happened right. in life where where I don't where it's like man I I know I'm supposed to love you right now but I but I can't I'm not gonna pretend because that's not gonna help you right. and uh, that would never be Jesus so so I think from my family when I was in the middle of the thousand risks um, I my son and I would go out sometimes and just just offer to pray for people hey how can we pray for you? And, and, uh, and we saw God do some really crazy stuff. And, and, um, and uh, so my whole family has seen Jesus do some wildly ridiculous things in people's lives and bodies, but, but there is a tension and there is a balance between concentrating my, my focus on who is in front of me, my daughter, my son, my wife, and not just bouncing around. Well, oh, there's a person, you know, like the people sometimes say I'm a lot like Doug, uh, the dog from the movie Up, and I can just like squirrel, and there I am. And it's true because that's it is hard for me not to to uh, notice sometimes people and, and stuff going on. But but man, I'm I feel like I'm learning. You know, it's like anything you've got to learn, and I've got to. I, I apologize to Beth and the kids a lot. You know, and just like man, sorry that I that I did this or that I didn't do this or that I got distracted and, um, you know, help me. I've invited them into the story, you know, help me to be the guy that God's called, um, me to be and not someone who's an imposter, you know, or, or, uh, just pretending. You, uh, I mean, you're the number one person that, uh, that I know probably that proclaims Jesus and talks about Jesus and tries to, 
uh, even though you you readily admit that you fail and stuff like that, you you talk about Jesus a lot, and you will pray, and you will. I mean, you you know, you're almost like a, a hippie person, <laughs> what my dad my dad would call you or whatever. You know, one of those Jesus people or whatever like that. Yeah. But what is it that like I mean, having success in the music world and uh, having failures in the in the music world and successes and and being a light person and a known person. What is it that like? Are you drawn to the healings? Uh, are you drawn? What is it about the the Jesus story that is compelling you to go to other countries and to get up and take a risk or something like? What what is it? What is it that keeps you motivated doing this? Is is it just a a desire to get people to heaven? I mean, I, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to answer for you, but I mean, no, you no, are it's good. seriously motivated that way. I mean, you will talk about Jesus no matter what. Yeah, do, yeah. Do you think other people should do like, you know, you're living it this way? But it's, do you think other people should be? Is that the idea to get more people to do like you do? Well, the idea is, is in my from my perspective, is a really simple one. It, it is to love Jesus, to love God, to love others. So. It, my, my, if my intention is I got to get you into heaven, I got to get you healed. I got to get you set free. Then I'm not sure how I can genuinely love someone where they're at, especially when they're saying, I don't want heaven. I don't want set to be set free. I don't want healing. I don't want, and, and because that does happen. And so, um, at the core, the design, you know, all of this really came and there's a the preface of the book basically is called the risks that that um, preceded one thousand and it talks about me leaving tooth and nail and, and all of that. The all of this started around the time that we were all together at tooth and nail where where my heart cracked open a little more for God and for loving God and for loving people and the story of Jesus was so moving to me and so compelling based on what he had offered of himself that I just like, man, I want to be more like him. Even if I never do it very well, I still would like to be more like him. Even if at the end of my days, someone, you know, I, I, I die and I'm just like in, in La La Foreverland and there's no heaven and there's no God and Jesus or nothing. There's still that I still became convinced that, that the way of love and, and learning even, even awkwardly to treat others the way I want to be treated is a better road for me to go down. And so, um, so no, it's not, I, I mean, of course there's a part of me that wants to see others experiencing God in, in every way they are meant to, but I don't think it works for me to try to convince you or someone else that you ought to believe in God. If the Holy spirit isn't first authoring that work. Cause if I can convince you that God's real, then somebody smarter than me will surely come along and convince you that he's mm -hmm. not. So yeah, there's gotta be more at stake here than just Chad saying, guys, believe in Jesus. E either the, e either Christianity is what it claims to be, or more specifically, cause Christianity these days is a really scary idea. Jesus is who he claims to be and all, and he still maintains all the power uh, in heaven and down here, or he's not. And so I think that's been one of my pursuits. Like, man, if Jesus is really real, then I've got to see more supernatural activity in my life and the lives of others, because that ought to be what life looks like. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, I'm I'm in a similar position, although my, I don't think I manifest at all like you. I don't know if it's different gifts or unwilling to yeah. risk or if I've got that shut down. And but I agree very much with the what you, you're saying there. If it's intellectual argument, then I don't know what that's even worth. I don't think. I mean, right. that's not why I believe. I mean, I, that's just not why. I believe because yeah. it's something that is indescribable and different. It's just different. It's fundamentally different than that. And yeah. I wouldn't ever want or expect anybody not to believe if they didn't have a subjective experience that it couldn't really be related or described or apologetics to achieve or uh, socioeconomic power to achieve. None of those things seem to matter. Um, if Christianity's real, then it is. And that's really, it's really, that's really difficult and uncomfortable how to wrestle with that. But it can't be something yeah. that is just beat into people. It can't be something that's about an agenda. And I mean, right. you, you know, even the way you say that about it's Christianity. What did you say? Christianity is a. You, you said something about it, um, but Jesus is not. Your, you separated Christianity is, from Jesus, a, but you said a right. scary thing right now, something like that. Um, and so. it is. I mean, I think it's yeah. almost as simple to say. I don't really care about Christianity. I care about Jesus. And if that mm-hmm. uh, if that rubs you the wrong way, mm, now nah, that's interesting. That's interesting. You know, like if it rubs you the wrong, yeah. way, I, how about this? I don't give a shit about Christianity. I care about Jesus. If right. that rubs you the wrong way, then maybe you know that's worth investigating. Uh, uh, you know, kind of a thing. And I, I mean, that's not a yeah. strong stance of mine or anything. But it, it is. We're certainly at the point in culture where it's worth really analyzing what Christianity mm-hmm. has to do with Jesus and doesn't because there's a, it's it's very complicated as you well and, and yeah oftentimes the world has not seen the presence the love or the power of Jesus they have seen Christianity twisted into something it was never meant to be and so mm-hmm. my my dream my desire is like man god if if just today I could love one person a little more like Jesus loves, then then maybe I have a chance at helping someone experience what I've experienced and uh, and and just reminding someone that they're amazing, that they're a gift, that they matter, that their story is incredible, that there's purpose, you know, all these things. Um, that that's really been my prayer, and that's kind of what started the whole thing. You know, God just give me one person today that I can love, and some days that works out stunningly well and some days it's the weirdest most awkward you know mm-hmm. conversation over coffee with a bunch of people at a table that that are just looking at me crazy toby what are you that? what are you thinking well i was just thinking like uh you sound too nice like what so you're doing this <laughs> healing going around healing people doing all this stuff what's the stuff that gets you like are you, you get pissed off at people that uh didn't vote for roy moore <laughs> or, or look, you're in Alabama, aren't you? <laughs> like, you know, like oh what, what, what's the what's the what's the stuff like? You you get a word from God, but like you're like, man, I don't want to help that person because they're like, what what makes you mad? When are you like, what's it, what's like the aggravated, mad, bad, bad Chad? You've been really forthcoming about your dark sides in, uh, overall in your life, which we love and appreciate, and that's why. Yeah. I, that, I mean, that's why well, we you like guys, and appreciate yeah, you. Guys you have but been what, helped inspired me. Well, what's 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 current darkness in Chad's life? What what don't you want to talk the, about right now? Is what Toby's asking. <laughs> yeah, I, probably politics. I mean, I think that that um, the current perspective uh, and that and the statement I made about Christianity earlier that you were referring to that I can't remember exactly is essentially 
referring to the a right-winged Christian point of view where where women are mistreated and it's okay or where you can basically get away with any immoral act and still be in a position of power or you can believe things about people and about the core of who they are as humans Christian uh, Christianity or religion or Jesus or anything aside um it, that that drives me nuts, and and, and I per I don't think that social media needs another opinion, which is why I try. Unless it's Jesus, I'm staying quiet. But um, Not but I policy. think that yeah, I think because you asked that, it's really hard for me to to love our president. And Jesus says, "Love your enemies." And it's very hard for me to wrap my heart around someone like Trump and go, Jesus, please, man, please pour out your Holy Spirit on this man and convict him of sin and, and bring him closer to you and use his life and transform him and change the world through him. You know, the, all those kind of things. As I'm yeah. praying that, I do genuinely feel compassion, but but it's like, that's not normal. That's, I normally like, man, dude, what a, what a idiot. What a complete, like, I can't <laughs> believe this, you know, like, are right. you kidding me? So I think that's, that is, um, it's more like my struggle is probably more with the man than it is with, with man, you know, mm -hmm. like I have yeah. occasionally I have been very, very sternly warned or, or, or rebuked or, um, rejected or whatever you want to call it. But usually it's because I'm the one putting myself out there and like, Hey, excuse me, I'm interrupting someone's day. And very rarely, um, does someone say, you know, dude, get the hell away from me. What, what's wrong with yeah. you? You know? But, uh, so anyway, I think that the, the current state of our country, uh, in, in our country's leadership is, is a very hard thing for me to wrap my, my head around. So, like, if you got a feeling that Trump had a bad hip, you might would choose not to to pray for him or help him. I would have to ask. <laughs> I, I would have to ask Jesus for more grace to pray for that hip to be healed. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, but the truth is, I ought to be willing to say, God, even right. with those I hate, or or even with those who I see as an enemy, I don't. It's not. I use that's too strong a word. It's not hate, but it is seeing someone as an yeah. enemy. Um, it, like in some ways, it's easier for me to envision laying my life down for a Iraqi hardcore jihadist that wants to blow me up than it would be for Donald Trump. And that's, that's a and neat that, point. That, yeah. yeah, that ought not be my perspective, but that's true. And that's right. and so that's where I've got to say, God, please give me more grace because we're called to pray for our our leaders. You know, we're yeah. called to yeah, we're called kidding. to serve. You know, so it's like I gotta. That's where I have issues. I got to let some stuff go and ask God for help. And yeah, I've um, I've I've thought actually uh, in this climate that we have, especially this political climate, it, it, like maybe God did give us Trump in a way to make us realize, wait a minute, we can pray for our leaders, but we also need to be honest about it as well, and not just blindly support because they're on the red team or they're on the right. blue team or whatever it might yeah. be. Like I, I've I've wondered that because. There's part of me that likes the chaos that has happened because of Trump, and then there's and I am the same way. Like I don't know if I really want. Like I don't think I would enjoy being around him or like him or think that he's really a good guy or or whatever. Now at the same time, that doesn't mean all everything he's done is bad. Right, Some of the right. stuff he's done True. is good yep. or whatever. And so I think it, there's a chance that it could, it could be that way. Like to soften my own heart. Mm -hmm. Like you know what what is Trump's president to make me a better person? Not right. you know what I mean? Like like yeah. seriously, because it's very easy. Yeah. To hate him or right. to wish ill or, like right. you said, like in some ways it's easier. There, 
there are other enemies I might would easily more easily pray for, right? Or right. Hope hope better for. So right. That's kind that's kind of crazy. So your yeah. book. It, 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 tell us the release of your book when it's out and, and anything else you want to tell us about a thousand risks. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, yeah. It's it came out last Tuesday. It's on Amazon, or uh, you can find out more at chatisliving.com. But um, yeah, man, it's it's really I um, I just. I feel totally privileged at the opportunity to have written stories down and to share the highs and the lows of, of my journey, you know? And so the whole thing is meant to encourage somebody, whether, whether they love Jesus and are pursuing him with all their hearts or they're running with everything away from Jesus because of their experience, uh, is just to say, man, you still are loved and, uh, we're still in this together and, and what a, what an opportunity, what a joy, to, to be with you in life, even if we completely disagree. Right on. Well, Chad, where thanks for being where, a buddy. Yeah, where can us. everybody get it at? A- on Amazon. Amazon. Okay. Amazon, chadsliving.com. Sure. Yeah, thanks for being a buddy with us, Chad, and participating in all the yeah. different yeah, stuff we for, do. Yeah, thanks we for this opportunity. We always enjoy catching up. And sorry again yeah. about yeah. your dad and to your whole family. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Uh, uh, yeah, that means the world. I love you guys and appreciate your time. All right. Thanks, Chad. Talk to you soon. Talk yep. to you soon, man. Okay, see ya. See ya. Okay, everybody, that was... Uh, Chad Johnson. Chad Enjoyed catching up with him. Joey had to run out there, so he'll be back in just a second, I think, actually. But um Yeah. What what you got to say, Toby? Anything else here? Uh anything else you, burning are, a hole in your brain? Burning a hole in my brain. Anything well, else you want to uh, discuss? It's your podcast. Joey's not back yet, so we've got a minute. Hmm. If you don't well, got nothing, we'll just move right on. Well, I no, I do have something. When I talk to Chad, I it's weird because I there is a we probably should have went into this a little bit, but I didn't want to make it about me. I, everybody go check out his book and get it. And uh, Chad's an awesome guy. I wish I wasn't so skeptical about stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I really do take the skeptical side, especially with healing and stuff like that. Cause yep. part of me goes, well, one thing is, uh, it is no matter what, only temporary, right? Like, I mean, it, it, even if you are healed from cancer or a tumor or anything like that, you are going to die. So it's not, there is no uh, official healing until we, you know, going on Christian biblical terms until after we die. Then mm-hmm. you're healed and you're in the next life and all that stuff. Yep. So the the healing, like I know that Chad isn't lying. He's seen people healed. And at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, there's a skeptical side of me that goes, well, I don't know. I mean, is it hit or miss? Is it just numbers? Is it, you know, like I hate that I, like it, as I get older, I guess what I'm saying is as I get older, I'm scared I'm getting more grizzled and hard and less able to tap into that joy. Yeah. Like, no, like what, how do, how do I, how do I hop it back into that? Like, for example, if it happened personally, like if uh, one of our kids got sick or anything like that, I would turn to God and pray for healing and ask him, please, 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 please. Mm-hmm. At each step away from my family, th- just to a friend, then to a friend of a friend, yeah. a friend of a friend, I don't, uh, right. more skeptical and I don't care even. I don't even want to spend time praying for that person or whatever. And like, I, I dislike that I have that feeling inside of me of uncaring or unbelief, even though I believe, I believe people can be healed. I do believe that. Yeah. I do believe that there can be miracles. I believe that when there's no other place to turn, that our prayers can be answered. And I also know that they can't be. Yeah. I believe they can be. I know that they can't be sometimes too, or aren't. Yeah. I know that there are times where people have prayed for somebody with cancer and that person died. 
that oh, has yeah. happened in my own life. And at the same time, like Jess had cancer and I was, I prayed to God and God, you know, I believe was a part of that and helped in the healing. But at the same time, you know, her cancer might've been different than somebody that was stage four or five, whatever. Yeah. I wish and the so, abuses of that were more clear, but some, but they're not all necessarily abuses and you have to leave room for that. If you believe anything can be a miracle yeah. or real, but there's something about Christianity that I really dig on a fundamental level. I don't know if it's because it's true or just because it suits me, but the punk, you know, non-standard chaotic lifestyle when a Christian is living in that. I don't know if it's just they like it or not, but I'll believe or I'll go here or I won't do savings or I don't care where I live or we'll do this for now and we'll do this for now. All those huge right. ris- risk itself is just like, aside from even spirituality, just risk is fun. Like, let's move to Seattle. Let's start a band. Let's do Let's do, let's try something that yeah. nobody else would try. Like that to me demonstrates faith, but it's also just a pet thing of my, I just like it. Like, can, right. Will you go? Will you try it? Will you do it? Can you? Like, I, right. I'm always attracted to that personality in a general way. Somebody will do, you know, the non-standard person. Cause, and it seems like if people really believe, they would act more that way. So I validate that mentality no matter what. Right. No matter what I think about healing. Um but yeah, I wish I'd seen. I wish I'd seen some healing. But dang, I certainly don't try. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I don't ever pay for anybody to get healed on an airplane. So, I, well, yeah. what I know, I, I can't say anything else about that. Other than, I mean, the, it, some yeah. abuses are clear to me. But that, you know. I mean, some people. I mean, some people have heard this. Uh, my own personal story. But Jess and I uh, had trouble having kids, mm-hmm. and uh, we had to have IUI. Is that right? What's mm-hmm. the I always get IUD is the other one. I, IVF. Yeah, sorry. The, the, IUD is we a, had the first. Imp- we had the else. first step. That's the block. Thing we had the, the first step, and, and so it was expensive. But that, that's the way we thought we were supposed to have kids. And so Ruby, our first, was through that, and then um, we waited about two years and decided to go back, and it was worse. Like my sperm count was super low, uh, uh, un- really bad low. Um, Jess has a one closed fallopian tube. I don't think she minds me talking about all this. We we don't we're not too. I mean, she have to say a lot of shit on this podcast. So. Um, it it was real bad. Like we got a call from the doctor that said, "Listen, your sperm count's so bad that um, you guys need to start thinking about either adoption or go to the next step or whatever." Which is like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And I just felt terrible. I mean, doctors gave me, uh, you know, a, a medical diagnosis that we couldn't have kids on our own, and I felt like the Holy Spirit, God Himself, came to me and said, "Listen." Uh, do you believe I could tell the story way more, but basically it was, you know, stop whining and thinking you're, you're worthless and uh, all this stuff. I'm God. You're going to have a kid. I believe fully that God, Holy spirit moved in my life and said, you're going to have a kid. Don't worry about it. And then two weeks later we were pregnant naturally. you like Abraham, I mean, that, my it, friend. That, that That's is what he told Abraham. Exactly. Yeah. It, yeah. In a way, uh, the Abrahamic story, right? Uh, Abram story. But um, anyway, so I, I've seen it in my own life. Now, here's what I'm saying. Once again, as you move farther and farther away from that day, I go, well, maybe the doctors are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, like, well, you know, like, I, I don't know if you've ever seen I can't not. I can't remember the name of the movie, but it's an old uh, Burt Reynolds movie, and he gets out to sea, and he's like, he wants to live, and so he starts praying. He's like, God, if you help me get back to land, I will... Uh, you know, I'll give all my money to the church and all that stuff. And as he gets closer and closer to the shore, he goes, it gets less and less and less to finally get to the shore. And he's like, he's not even going to yeah. even give anything to that's, God. That's or the really good. Yeah, I saw that. That one's called Cannonball Run. 
No, it's not. <laughs> it is not called Cannonball Run. But uh, anyway, so that that feels like me. Like the farther you get away from a miracle, the less you want to say it's a miracle, and the more you want to trust your brain mm-hmm. and logic and all that stuff. So I love the idea of miracles. I love the idea of just something miraculous and amazing and God field happens. And I hate that my brain oftentimes go, don't fall for that because like, what's the problem? Like, that's the thing that I hate about myself is what's wrong with believing in a miracle? Who cares? Like yep. it, it is, you know, like now it does turn bad. It like, that's why I appreciate what Chad said is if he, he actually said, I'm sorry, I want, I want to be held responsible yeah, for this and not be careless good, that's a with this stuff. You know what I mean? People. Like if you just go, Hey, don't even get, don't, don't worry about going to the doctor. You're going to be healed. That person could die or something crazy like well, that. Well, okay. But. I'll tell you what is a miracle though, is the BC club and the amount of support it has been. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you another yes. miracle is that it stayed and grown over time. And then the biggest miracle of all being that uh, new people are still joining. I just It's good. You got some names of people you want to read them? I sure do. Like it, It's better than the return on Bitcoin. It's unbelievable, oh, the BC Club. You, yeah, get an extra ep- you guys get an extra episode. You get uh, Facebook. You get... All kinds of stuff. It's a, it's a miraculous thing to be in. The so, Facebook group uh, alone is probably the, the biggest it's benefit. It's worth the trip. But all this stuff's uh, at thebcclub.com is where you go to sign up and actually right. officially. I know you've been listening forever, but just join the group, you dummies. Yeah. What? One of the things is uh, you get your name read on the podcast like these fools. Dallas Toth, Jake Rawls, Matt Morton, Nick Woods, Kanan Daniels. Michael Fenwick, Catherine Sutherland, Augustine Ray, Tyler Moore, and Jonathan Woods are just to name a few of the people in the BC Club that just make the world go around, even though the world is flat. Yeah, it is total. I, I uh, looked into it a little bit. Turns out it's flat. Hey, you know what I thought about the world being flat, though? I thought, seriously, why would let all everybody that is a flat earther vote? The most trusted flat earther, and then we just pay for them to fly up in a rocket and look at the who's going to pay for that? Uh, the the government. Yeah, the, you trust them? They'd put but you. But you in could something. stop a conspiracy. No, yeah, I guess you, I don't know if you could. No, stop but a it. trusted person that you think is like if if I went up in a rocket, you would trust me when I came back, wouldn't you? Or you're saying I'd be drugged or mind manipulated or something? If you put a flat earther in a rocket and sent them up there, they would just be thinking about how you had simulated the windows. They're not real windows; they're screens. It's I a see. projection. They would be just. They'd be. That's all they'd be doing, and that's what they would find to be the case. So there's no chance. It's like so. Basically, there's no chance of proving it or anything. It's it's like just uh, trying to talk to somebody on Twitter. It's just yeah. that this it ain't gonna work, right? Yeah, I mean, there's certain <laughs> modes you can be in. It's like it's not like okay. Think about it this way: if you got into a fist fight and you've already thrown one punch at the person, and then he's throwing yeah. a punch at you, and you're about to throw your third punch, what line of logic might lead you to believe that he's actually right in that altercation? At what at that point? Or is there any possibility you're not going to continue to swing fists with this dude who you right. hit and he's hit you? It's not you're not open at that point to you're in a you're in it you're so in it that it does not you're not going to see if somebody yells a good point yeah but maybe he felt this way it's not going to matter to you the facts are That's not true. no longer relevant when you're in that that kind of mode and most conspiracy theories have that um, at, conveniently though in there that, that they're not really falsifiable there's no way to falsify right. the claims that they make is, is another big problem with it but you know again I think these people are I don't know how we're talking about flat earth but they 
They're trying to express something that, that should be listened to. It's a rejection of something else. I mean, the facts and the flat earth stuff. I, I, I'm telling you, there's more to this whole thing that we could learn from, but not, we're not going to learn that the earth is flat, of course. But there, what is causing this phenomenon of people to buy into it is, is a very, it's a reasonable question. It's not just, oh, a bunch of idiots. That's, I don't think of it that way. Right. There's something more going on with our society and our, ourself. I, I don't know. So anyway. Amen. Amen. And amen. All right. We're out of here. See ya, people. Well, hello there, friends. This is Devin from Emory. That's right. I said Devin from Emory. And I got some good news for you guys. In case you haven't heard, Emory is playing a show in Nashville, Tennessee on Saturday, January 27th with a few bands that you might know as well. First band, As Cities Burn. Oh my goodness, they are. Are they still a band? Are they still alive? They're still together? They're playing a show with Emory that day. Second band, King's Kaleidoscope, unreal talent. Those guys are insane. Can't wait to see them. And then Derek Miner, that's right, I said Derek Miner is going to be there. It's going to be rad. You don't want to miss it. Tickets are selling like wildfire. So if you go to emorymusic.com, grab a ticket for yourself and your loved ones and your friends and your family and your pets, whatever you need, you get those tickets right now because they ain't going to last very long. So make sure you go to emorymusic.com for Saturday, January 27th at Rocket Town in Nashville, Tennessee. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. JabberjawMedia.com.